Hey, I'm Gina Keeping, ex-classroom teacher turned mindset and business mentor. Not too long ago, overwhelm and stress was my norm. Now, I have created a life where I help entrepreneurial women create an unstoppable mindset and teach them how to grow and scale their own businesses, all while getting their own gifts out into the world and creating an impact. Welcome to the Keeping It Real podcast where each week I bring you an inspiring person or message where we talk about all things life and business related, where our conversations are real, the information is inspiring, we have a splash of fun, we have lots of laughs, and we dive into life lessons and deep conversations about all the things. On today's episode, I talk with Kayla Short, who is a blogger and influencer from Halifax, Nova Scotia. Boy, oh boy, do we cover so much value in this episode. We talk about taking on traditional paths for career choice. We talk about taking hardships and finding the joy after you've been through some really challenging times. We talk about how to stay true to your vision and to avoid all the noise that comes with doing something that's untraditional. We talk about challenging our norms, challenging the skills that we teach in the school system. We just talk about so much, and this is truly a fantastic episode. But don't take my word for it. Go grab yourself a cup of tea and have a listen. I hope you enjoy. Well, welcome, welcome, Kayla Short. I'm super excited to have you here. Welcome to the Keeping It Real show. Thanks so much for having me. Oh, this is such a treat. Um, And I can go on and tell the world about who you are, but I never do it justice. So can you just take a moment and introduce yourself and what it is that you do? Sure. So honestly, I don't even know what I do half of the time. (laughs) I do so many different things. And I think... um, I mean, I guess I would be described as an influencer, even though I don't love that term. I usually say blogger because I started out blogging first, uh, but I also think that makes me sound like a grandma. So I'm not really sure what I am. Content creator, I suppose. Um, but I've been blogging now for 10 years. I um, have written for, you know, national publications, Huffington Post, Fashion Canada, um, and the like. And I've done TV segments. I do workshops talking about social media, all of the things. (laughs) My goodness. I absolutely love following you on social media because you do so many things and you wear so many hats. And it's just so refreshing because I feel we're brought up thinking we only had to do one thing. And then I see you. I'm like, yeah, you go, girl. I love it. It's so refreshing to see. It's so cool. Um, So you are in the entrepreneurial world. Have you always been in this industry or were you on a different path and then transitioned? Like, can you tell our listeners your journey on how you got to where you are today? Of course. So it's definitely not a linear journey. So I moved here to Halifax to go to university way back in the day. I did an English degree. And once I finished that, I did an education degree. So I'm certified to teach junior and senior high school, which I did for like a hot second. And uh, when I was 22 or 23, which is crazy to think that you're responsible for all of these lives when you're so young, Um, but I didn't love it. I loved some parts of it, but I knew that it wasn't like the thing for me. And so while I was teaching, I was writing for a local magazine. Also, I started blogging that same year and it kind of just like 
took over. I had no concept of what a blog was. I didn't know what I was doing. Nobody was doing it as a job. So I had no idea that the road would lead me here. I went to school to be a teacher. And when you go to school to be a teacher, like that's the job you're supposed to have. And so it was kind of confusing to my family too for a while. Probably still is. (laughs) Like what does Kayla do? Uh, But yeah, so I graduated from university. I was working at the hospital. I was working like eight different jobs, writing for magazines and tutoring, TAing, teaching dance, doing all of the things. And then I started writing for Stylist Canada, which turned into Huffington Post Canada. Amazing gig. I was so, so, so happy to have that job. I learned so much and it really gave me a lot of exposure. Um, a few years later, they ended up choosing me as one of their top 50 Canadians, which still blows my mind. They like moved me to Toronto, this like whole party. And there was people on the list for like Chris Hatfield and Drake and the prime minister. And I'm like, are you sure that you're choosing me? Uh, but the reason they said was because of the work that I do to inspire confidence and kindness and spreading joy and all of these things, which I just thought was just the most amazing thing ever. So definitely not a linear journey whatsoever. I was working multiple jobs while I was still blogging because again, this wasn't a career. It wasn't a job. We were kind of building it, especially locally. It wasn't a thing. There's you know only a handful of us that are still around that are still doing it from the beginning. But yeah, I just, I try to give myself a free pass though, because there wasn't any programs for this. There wasn't any insight. And it's still kind of crazy to me that I still stayed on the journey, not knowing where it was going, but I always knew it was the right path. And all of the hodgepodge things that I was doing made sense somehow, or was like going to make sense, even though every other person in my life was like, what are you doing with your life? Like, what is happening? Uh, but then when I started showing up on like TV and another sort of publications, people are like, okay, yeah, like there's, there's probably something to this, you know? So wild, crazy journey, wouldn't change it for anything. I've had every job possible. So I feel like I have so much experience and things that I can relate to and talk about, um, yeah. Crazy, amazing journey. <laughs> oh my God. There's so many things in that that I'm like, yeah, yeah. I actually was a teacher as well. I was teacher trained and just left my teaching uh, career as well. I did not You're know kidding. that about you. No. <laughs> yeah. So honestly, I really think it prepared me. Uh, obviously, you know, with like lesson planning and all of those things, I sort of tackle my TV segments or my videos very similar. Like what is the nugget of information that I need to communicate. And I think if you can stand in front of a room full of teenagers, like a camera is no problem. (laughs) It doesn't talk back to you. I agree 100%. Absolutely. That's so cool though. And it's very true. Like all the skills that we learn as a teacher, you know, it does pigeonhole you in the fact of, yeah, you're a teacher. What do you do if you're not a teacher? But we're kind of creating our own path with the skills that we learned, which is I think it's really neat because there's no manual. There's no, like when we were becoming a teacher, there were many manuals yes. and now we're like, oh, okay, I get to create my own now. And that's so cool. Yeah. And I think anytime that you are honing your skills in communication, it's never a bad thing, especially in the world that we're living in right now, where, you know, look at us right now, we're on Zoom, we're talking on camera. It's totally different than what it used to be. And so anytime that you can sort of, cultivate your writing skills, your oral communication skills, I think is a great idea. I could not agree more. 
And there was something that you said um, when you were talking about what, when you asked why me and the piece where you said, like, you just try to spread joy and confidence. And that's what attracted me to you. And I was like, I need to get her on the podcast because I feel like this is a conversation that we need to continue to have in a world where a lot of that's not happening. My mission is to bring as much joy and positivity and happiness So I love that all of these are pillars of who you stand for. So thank you for sharing that light. There needs to be more. (laughs) Honestly, I just think what people don't realize is that, you know, yes, I show up in this specific way online and it is integral to my life, but it's actually been like integral to my survival. I've been through so much crap in my life. And I think anybody that you meet who is really committed to spreading kindness and really has an empathetic heart you can assume that they've been through something really terrible or a slew of terrible things. And it's just that they're just trying to get through the day and they're just trying to survive all the stuff that life throws at us. And some of us in different ways than others. And for me, um, I just think life is too short. You know, I just can't fuss with the nonsense, the BS, the gossip and all of that stuff. I just don't have time for it because I fully believe like tomorrow is not promised. We have no idea how long we're here. When I was in high school, I was hit by a car really bad and like probably shouldn't have survived. And so I think I just look at every day as a gift, like truly when you see me on Instagram, you're like, look at this beautiful sunset. Like, that's how I actually feel. I'm like, I get to do this. I get to see all of these amazing things. And I think it's really easy to get into like the hamster wheel of work and life and kind of forget that and forget what a privilege it is just to be here every day. Oh, I couldn't agree more. And bravo to you for taking the hardest thing in your life and finding light in that because you had a choice in that moment. It could have consumed you. It could have led you down a different path, but I and think it did for a while. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it does for everybody. And I think it, you need to. Yeah, there was like a, a dark yeah. period. <laughs> like the last year of high school was very difficult for me. Also, I was in a lot of pain physically. So I think it's totally normal to be frustrated with the world and your situation. And when you're a teenager and you lose your independence, like I couldn't even like pull my own pants up for a period of time or like brush my own hair. Um, It does hit you. But then when you get that back, it's like, okay, I am taking the world by storm. Like nothing is going to stop me. Oh, I've got goosebumps, but it's so true. And I do think it's really important to honor our feelings honor the pain uh, and really sit with it. Because if we hide it, I do think it will resurface. But once you've got that. Yeah. It's unrealistic to tell people like, okay, this really terrible thing happened to me, but I'm thriving. You can't leave out the middle part because the middle part is where the growth is. And the only way is through it. And you have to go through all of those crazy emotions to get to the other side. There's no fast forward. There's no, you know, speed up the process. It's, it's shit for lack of a better <laughs> yeah. word for a while, you know? And then like yeah. you said, it is a decision that you make where you're like, okay, no more. And for me, I really think that it was pivotal when I left Cape Breton to come here for school. And it just was a completely like change of scenery change of lifestyle. And I was really focused on just doing well in school and like, just, you know, really, becoming the person that I am and all of that stuff. So I think that was like a a change, like a decision that was like, I'm leaving all of this behind. I'm going to be a new, better person. (laughs) Yeah. 
So for anybody who's listening, who may be nearing the end of a, a really shitty place or a really challenging time. I mean, who isn't these days? <laughs> right. I think it's everybody. It's the conversation. Yeah. Um, but as people are navigating um, and maybe they are at a point now where they're able to move forward, what would you say was one of the tools that you used to help you make that step to really embracing life and having this positive outlook and really valuing your time? What would you encourage others to do to start that process? I would encourage people to find the one thing that makes them happy no matter what. So, you know, maybe it's like walking your dog or maybe it's uh, for me, it was dance. I like really threw myself into dance classes and I loved it. And it was all the amazing things that I loved as a kid, like being like silly and theatrical. And um, it just really brought me a lot of joy. And so when you find that like one thing, you kind of have to like latch on to it a little bit, you know? Um, and then once you sort of start focusing on that, then you'll find other things and there's more and all of those like positive behaviors kind of been in a positive direction. Also, I can't discredit that I did years and years of therapy in university. Um, I used to go see a man like every two weeks for years and just learning coping skills, just talking things through. Um, he's such a lovely person. We're like still friends on Facebook. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. <laughs> he's, he's he was literally a dream. And obviously you kind of have to like shop around and see who works for you. Cause I definitely saw a lot of therapists who I didn't really jive with. Um, but he was just one of those people who, who really saw me for who I am. And I, you know, I realized that I was a really sensitive person and I, I, Oddly, hadn't figured that out until my 20s. Um, but because of that, obviously, I was having all these reactions and feelings and guilt and all of these things. But when you sort of realize who you are and you're okay with it, you kind of let it go in a different way. And so, 1000%, I owe a lot of my growth and development to that, to just therapy. And I think it's so scary to make those appointments and to share your life with a complete stranger. Um, but if you find someone you trust, it can really be a beautiful thing. Oh, I agree 100%. And it's allowing someone to help you through the journey because you can't do it alone. No, I certainly couldn't have. Um, yeah. There was just like so much stuff happening. Well, stuff that had happened to me and then happened to me in university. My mom got like a breast cancer diagnosis in the middle of my university degree. And you're like 20 something. And I already lost my dad to cancer when I was five. So it really like twists you upside down. And um, I'm just really grateful that I learned coping skills and just a better way to deal because I, I hadn't had that up until that point. Okay. Our lives are very eerily similar. I lost my dad to cancer as well. You're kidding. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry for you as well. And it's, and we've never really chatted before. So just you saying everything in the way you're talking and all the things and the coping mechanisms, like I feel like I'm almost looking at a version of myself. Woo, I get overwhelmed. It's crazy. <laughs> I think it really just goes to show that everybody has their stuff, yeah. you know, as much as we think only bad stuff happens to me or life is unkind to only me. It's really naive to think that not every single person that we meet has gone through something mm -hmm. similar or, you know, it's just, it's just life. Life is just a series of high highs and low lows. And 
it's kind of the deal, you know, like I said, at you know, the top of the show is tomorrow isn't promised for any of us. And mm. um, it can be really hard when we lose a loved one. We're also, when those things happen, it also challenges our thoughts and it can kind of turn you upside down in terms of like, oh, right, I'm not invincible. Um, I should kind of take a deep look at my life and the decisions that I'm making, like, am I happy or does this thing make me happy, whether it's a job or a relationship or even friendships for that matter, it kind of twists you upside down. And personally, I think that part is a gift because I think we need to be reminded. It's almost like a tough love kind of thing, you know, where it's like, okay, no, this is the reality. This is, this is our truth. And maybe I need a wake up call. Wow. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Do you think it's possible for people to get that lesson without actually having to lose somebody? Because I'm noticing that we both have this in common. We know what it's like to lose someone we love. We both have hardships. Do you think it's possible for someone who hasn't had these hardships to go, okay, maybe I need to be taking my life more seriously. Maybe I need to look at time in a different way. Maybe I need to challenge my thoughts. Like if somebody hasn't had that pain point, how can they look at their life and find the same perspective that we have? Honestly, it's tough for me to say because I lost my dad so young. So I don't remember a time where I didn't have that reality. So it's really hard for me to say. But I think even just listening to other people's stories, being empathetic, but then on the flip side of that, being really grateful for your life, for the people who are in your life. I always say, like, take all the pictures, take all the videos, um, and then you can't have regrets, right? Because you did the things. Or if there's a relationship that's not working, um, whoever that is, maybe think, okay, how would I feel if I lost them tomorrow? Or how would they feel if they lost me tomorrow? And will I make different decisions? And you may or you may not. And either side is okay. But at least you're making an informed decision rather than acting out of like emotions and bitterness and, you know, holding a grudge or whatever. So ultimately, I think you have to have gratitude. And I think this year has really, there's no one that hasn't suffered this year in some way, shape or form. I I truly believe that in so many ways with all of the things that are happening. And so I think we have had that dose of reality and our lives have like turned upside down. And the only way to get through it is just to have gratitude, whether you like take some time in the morning and like write down three things you're grateful for, or my boyfriend and I like to have these conversations before we go to bed. So it's like, what was the highlight of your day today? What are you looking forward to for tomorrow? Or like if we ever travel, we do the same thing. Like what was your favorite moment of today? Or what are you looking forward that we're doing tomorrow? Like what's on the top of your list of art? Because we always have like a spreadsheet. <laughs> uh, people okay. can't see my face, but my husband and I do the same thing. <laughs> you do? I love that. I do too. And like you, can, you can do it with your friends too. Like you can, uh, you know, maybe you have a group chat with your friends and you say like, okay, Hey everyone, like what's your, what, what was the highlight of your day? Or um, what are you most looking forward to right now? And, and if you're seeing people in real life, like having those conversations, I think can be amazing. Yes, I agree 100%. And just changing the narrative and the words that we use, like as teachers, we always say your words matter, right? <laughs> and what you tell yourself and what you talk about, it's really important. 
Um, so you've obviously had a lot of uh, challenging times in the midst of your pivotal years, really, um, where you had to decide to make life choices. How did you stay true to your vision, even when you had struggle? Because I'm sure there are people who are listening right now who are in a struggle. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. How do you still stay true to a vision and just continue to rise up and follow that vision? I think when you become really clear about what you want or the kinds of things that you want, and when you do the work to sort of have that like respect for yourself, it gives you confidence because you're like, no, like I deserve this. I've worked so hard or I care so much about X, Y, and Z. Like I am the person to do this. And I think it gives you kind of like, permission to sort of step into it. I'm a big fan of like journaling and kind of working through things. And, you know, I remember back when I was like, just trying to figure everything out, like, what am I going to do with my life? And I made a list of like a hundred things that I was good at. And then you, you make your list, take some time, you know, make a cup of tea, have a coffee, whatever, um, a yummy donut, like whatever, (laughs) like make it a thing. And make a list of all the things that you're good at. And you will see themes. Like when you go back Mm -hmm. over that list, you'll see themes. And then you like, you want to pull out from that. Okay, well, what kind of job would work for those? Or like, what kind of job would I be good at because of those things? And then when you figure that out, you're like, okay, like I'm hitting the ground running. Of course, like this is what I want to do. And you kind of have to block out everybody else (laughs) who has like an opinion and who's questioning you because you have to remember that a lot of times when you're getting negative feedback from other people, it's actually more of a reflection of how they feel about themselves and not about you. And so when you're hitting the pavement running and you're gunning for your success, you're also kind of reminding the other person that they're not doing that and they don't always like it. So you kind of have to be ready to sort of just be like a boomerang and, you know, be like, okay, I hear you, like I'm taking in the information, but like, I'm still going to do whatever the heck that I wanted to do in the first place. (laughs) Oh, and there's your mic drop moment right there. I'm so glad you brought that up because in the beginning, when you said you were transitioning from being a teacher and I had the same thing, still have the same thing where people are like, what are you doing? Oh, people still say to me, (laughs) and I'm like, really though? Really? (laughs) Do you see how successful I am? (laughs) But people don't understand. And I think what people don't understand, sometimes they judge and not from a place of being mean, but just from a plain place of not knowing. And I think you touched on something there that's that's probably very true. Not probably. It is very true is that it's almost like a mirror and it reminds them that they are not following their hopes and dreams. And I'm so glad you brought that up. Yeah, it highlights their insecurities. And and you have to kind of honor that too, right? Because they're on their own journey and not everyone is on the same path. And so, whereas those things, your immediate reaction could be like super defensive and hurtful and you're like, they're not my friend or like, Ugh, my aunt is annoying. <laughs> you also kind of have to meet them where they're at as well and sort of, just kind of give them compassion and kindness too, because they're fighting their own journey and their own battles and they're not out to hurt you. Most people aren't vindictive. They're acting out of insecurities. 
Yeah, I agree. And I like that you said meet them where they're at, because if you want them to respect you and where you're going, you also have to do the same. Exactly. That's such a good point. I love that. Yeah, but it's true. You have to put your head down. And if you believe in something and you believe in your mission, you have to put your head down. Right. You do. And put in the work. You know, like you have to remember that it's there's no such thing as an overnight success. Even the people who started Airbnb will tell you it's 10 years in the making. We're not all Rihanna, (laughs) not just going to like blow up the internet, you know, or Beyonce. But I mean, those girls have worked really hard too. So I think we have to remember that there is work that comes with it. And, you know, people have opinions of me like, oh, you're so lucky. And it's like, I cringe when I hear that word. And I'm like, if you can't see how hard I'm working every single day or how hard I've been working. (laughs) I've had jobs since I was 10. So like eight jobs in university and I don't love the word hustle, but like I have been hustling. And if you can't see through that and you're not able to honor that, then like good luck on your journey because you have a false idea of what kind of work ethic you need to get where you're going to go. Yeah. And I'm so glad you brought that up because there is a negative, um, you know, vibe around a hustle, but I'm the same as you. Like I had to hustle to get to where I, where I am now. And I remember being in university, I was wrestling varsity and I was working three jobs. Um, I worked as many jobs as I possibly could. And I remember, um, there was one point I almost had to quit university And I remember going to the dean at the time and begging them for me to be able to work for free. And they, I would get paid, but it would go towards my tuition. And God love her, that's what I had to do. But it was like, it's this hustle. I had to work my butt to get here. And when I hear, oh, you're so lucky, same thing. I was like, no, like, this is not something that just happened. Like, it takes a lot of work. Yeah. And I think when you're in the online space, People don't see everything that you've put into place. And because we're having the conversation, oh, you know, let it be easy and all these kind of things. I think people are stepping into this space thinking that if it doesn't work out in a month or two, oh, well, it didn't work. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, is that change never happens overnight. So whatever it is that you're thinking that you want it's almost like the universe wants to challenge to see if it's really what you want. Because I feel like (laughs) whenever I've like set really big goals, it's like the offer comes at the worst possible time or the job is at the worst possible time. And it's like, do you really want to do this? Are you willing to wake up at this time? Are you willing to go film on camera for 12 hours after your grandfather just passed away? Like just the craziest things happen. But like, you have to decide if it's what you want is the thing, what you want. Are you willing to do the work? And if you're not, then maybe you didn't want that thing as much as you thought. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it's so true, though. It's like, are you sure? Because here's what you got to do. But you do. You have to show up and you have to put that work in. Yes, mindset and not killing yourself in the pursuit of your dreams is really important, too. Totally. Totally. Rest is so important. Honestly, I would push consistency over like, killing yourself to do it. So it's the tiny things that you do every single day, even in your nine to five, like you don't need to be working from the time you open your eyes to when you close your eyes, like that's not healthy. And I know that it's tough when you're working so many jobs, but what is really of value is to prioritize. And I remember Travis and I having this conversation when I just come out of university and I was working all of these jobs and he's like, Kayla, 
I know you're good at these things, but which ones of these jobs are actually serving you for what you want to do going forward? And I've always kind of like thrived on, you know, being a busy bee and doing all of the things all the time. But there was like five of those jobs that were no longer relevant to me. And it is scary when you don't have a lot of money. Like I definitely, you know, don't have a daddy Warbucks who's sponsoring me. So (laughs) Um, that's not my reality, but um, yeah, it's tough to say no to that money. Knowing that like, okay, no, I'm going to streamline and I'm going to pick X, Y, and Z to work on. Maybe that means I have a little bit of less money for a while, but like it's the direction that needs to happen because it frees up a little bit of time that I can focus on growth or those little tiny consistent things every day. Yeah. And it's creating that space for that to happen. And if your time is being used on things that really don't light you up, then you're not even giving yourself the opportunity for what could come in. Exactly. Because you're so exhausted. Yes. It doesn't even matter anymore. You can't even like get your head off the pillow. (laughs) And you're just going through emotions, which I think both of us, we have a vision of kind of fighting against that norm and really doing things that light us up. So if we are constantly giving, 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 and we don't have that time for ourselves, then how can we follow through on who we want to be and what we want to do? Totally. And then you're also, you also have to think about how you're showing up when those opportunities come. Like, are you rested? Are you refreshed? Are you well rehearsed or whatever it is that you're doing so that when the opportunity comes, like you're ready to hit the ground running rather than feeling like, like you said, that you're kind of like a zombie and just going through the motions because then you're also not enjoying it either, which is not fair. Yeah. It's not fair to yourself. You work so hard and you care so much and you kind of have to give yourself that freedom. Yeah. It's funny that we're having this conversation because yesterday I took the whole entire day off. I had a big checklist of things to get done. I'm like, I'm taking Wednesday off. So it was that incentive. And I just spent, Good for you. yeah. And I spent the whole entire day just taking care of me and doing what I wanted to do. And I cannot tell you what that does. Like when you just take time, you show up in your business so much better for the people that you love for yourself, for your, every, everything changes when you take that time. Absolutely. And you can kind of think of it like a gym analogy, you know, like they always say that your muscles grow outside of the gym. So we have this idea that like we need to work out every second of the day and that's how we get muscles. But it's actually when the rest happens that your muscles grow because the fibers are stretching, blah, blah, blah. I don't know the whole science, but (laughs) (laughs) you can Google it. Um, But the rest is so, so, so important. And I think the same is true for any entrepreneur, anyone who does anything creative, because that rest can actually be inspiring. So maybe, you know, you go for a hike or you go for a walk or you walk down a street that you never walked down before. That's where your inspiration is going to come from. And it's going to make you so much better at whatever you're doing. It's so true. And anytime I'm in nature, I get so many creative ideas. So I really make it, that's a daily non-negotiable for me that I spend at least 30 minutes outside. Um, And it always comes back tenfold when I take care of myself. So it's like, it's a no brainer. Exactly. And um, I love what you said too, that it's a non-negotiable for you. So you are making a commitment to yourself. And I always say, watch what happens when you keep your word to yourself. Absolutely. Right? Like we don't think that it's such a big thing. But when we get in the habit of not doing that, it's kind of when things can slip. 
whatever those things are. And I, yeah, I always say, watch what happens when you keep your word to yourself. And I would encourage anyone listening to do that. Like whatever it is, set a tiny goal, set, you know, something that you want. I want to drink more water. Just drink the water. Because then you're, <laughs> you're telling the universe, <laughs> okay, I am committed to the things that I said that I was going to do. Our brains want to make connections. And so if you're making it an idea and then you, you're doing the thing, you're telling your brain it's a connection and it's only going to spiral into other things. I guarantee you after the listeners, my regular listeners listen to this, they are going to tell me you guys are the exact same person. Everything. Uh, the reason why my smile is so big, because everything you are saying, <laughs> are things that I say, it's like we are. I love that. <laughs> Um, great minds great minds think alike it's so true but i'm fascinated with the brain and habits and i uh i write a mantra every single morning it's i keep the promises i make to myself because i have goosebumps what the heck (laughs) because so long i didn't so there was most of my life i always broke the promises i made for myself in terms of self-care and putting myself last and i'm no longer in that story so now it's like i take i take care of myself first and I can show up way better for everybody else in my life. And it's been a game changer. I literally have goosebumps. Like, can you see this? Oh, I can. <laughs> it's oh my goodness. I'm so proud of you because I think it's it's so easy for women specifically for us to just put ourselves at the bottom. And we're really doing everybody in our lives a disservice because we we are better to be around when we're happy, you know, like we're going to be better company when we're happy. And if that means that, you know, we're prioritizing our time in different ways, then that's okay. You know, we owe it to ourselves. It's our lives. We're the ones that have to, you know, put our heads on our pillows every night and, you know, think, okay, I'm proud of what I accomplished today. I'm happy with what I accomplished today. Or, you know what? I tried my best. It it, Maybe it didn't work out the way that I thought, but I, I tried my best and you can always be proud of that. I agree. And it's just having that integrity with yourself that you are happy of who you are. And I think if you lead with that every single day, then you're on the right path. Totally. I think there's something to be said about like settling into yourself and kind of knowing like what your strengths are. And then likewise, maybe where I don't like the word weakness, but like we all have it, you know, or the things that we struggle with. But when you know those things, you can kind of maybe give yourself a bit of extra forgiveness or maybe you decide that you're going to challenge yourself in different ways to sort of push through that. If that's something that you even want to work on, like maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, this is who I am. And that's fine. And that's, that's cool too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I, we both can attest to this that, you know, as teachers, we have a certain curriculum that we follow and it really doesn't allow that space for children and students to really self-reflect and look at that. One of my passions is the skills that I teach that I want them in the schools. Like I have a vision that these are taught in a curriculum where we're talking about our strengths. We're talking about self-regulation. We're talking about what makes you happy. You know, we're talking about how to say no and put boundaries in place. Yeah. Right. Like I want to break that conversation that it's selfish to take care of yourself. So I actually, when I was teaching, I taught a grade seven PDR, and then I also did a child studies class. So in both of those classes, I didn't have a lot of time there, but I definitely focused on those things, especially with my grade sevens. 
I remember I did a whole class about confidence and I made them like make lists about all the things that they loved about themselves. And they were so into it. It they was love so it. cute. They love it. They and love I, it. I was the same thing. So I taught grade six for most of my career <laughs> and it was intensive core French. And I would start my mornings with a morning routine with my kids. And I actually believe in it so much. I, I One of my courses is a morning routine course. Um, but I would start with meditations. I would start with affirmations. And if I missed it, my kids would say, miss, what about our morning routine? And like, they would call it that. And the difference in my students to see them like believe in themselves and just, oh, it's just, it's transformative. And what people don't understand, once again, they put their backs up against it. And I did have some resistance, but like, the, of course, because people think it's like woo woo or whatever, yes, but it's but like, any, <laughs> no. And like, even if you think it's hocus pocus, fine. Can we at least appreciate that when you focus on your breathing, you're slowing things down. You don't have to even believe anything else, but like, there's something to be said about that. I feel like anybody should be able to get on board with those kinds of things or yeah. that like the way that we think matters. So when we talk about affirmations and we, we you know, we think, okay, we have like, we're spo- supposedly have like 500,000 thoughts a day. I'm sure I have triple that, but, <laughs> but if we can have conversations with kids where we sort of talk to them about how to make that a positive thing, especially for me, when, even when they're in grade six to like grade seven is such like a transformative time for them. There's so much stuff going on with their bodies and their lives and everyone like they kind of switch to like when you're a kid kid and you're like, mom, look at me, look at me. I'm on the playground. Like you want everyone looking at you when you're a teenager. It's the opposite. There must be something in the development where it flips because it's like all the eyeballs are on you and then you can't handle it. Like you feel like there's just like so much pressure and you just feel so seen and it's like painful, but how amazing would it be to sort of acknowledge that for one, be like, I get it. And then here are ways that we can get through it. Or here are, you know, different strategies that's worked in the past. And I think the earlier you start those things, like, I wish I had that stuff in grade six and seven, I didn't even do like a yoga class until I was in high school because it was like on TV. There was no yoga studio. Exactly. There still isn't today. (laughs) So like, I can't imagine, like I see people on Instagram and they're like doing yoga with their babies. And I just think I could have had such a head start. Yeah. If I knew all of these things earlier, if I could have started these things earlier, if I didn't have to discover them for myself, um, it would be way better. I agree 100%. And like, these are really good tools. And if you think back, like when we went to school, there's not a whole lot we can remember about what we learned in school. And I feel that we need to be teaching tools that will help them in their future. You know what I mean? Like, Especially because I always say that our future is very uncertain. And I think that I am a direct example of that. I went to school and I was taught X, Y, and Z. But in most ways, it didn't prepare me for my job because my job didn't exist. And so right now, it is kind of a crucial time because we don't really know what we're preparing our kids for. And technology is um, sort of increasing at a rapid rate. And we kind of need to make a pivot on what we're teaching our kids. And I think what you're saying is so, so, so important. And then on top of it, like critical thinking, I think is really important because 
were coming into this like when we were growing up we didn't have the internet we read everything in books we read things in the newspaper and so someone vouched for all of that stuff whereas now everything is kind of just like cracked wide open and it can be really hard if you don't have the tools to discern you know what sources are credible where we should be getting our information who should we be trusting um like those are the things that I think are really important and you yeah. know for for seniors likewise as it is for kids you know we don't know what we're preparing them for but ultimately and I think you'll agree is that if we teach them how to love themselves, what can go wrong there? I agree. But even tapping into what makes them happy, because I remember, and I'm sure you can relate, when you graduated high school, there was so much pressure. You did this, this, or this. Like You had to have your life figured out. You don't even know who you are at 18. In my high school yearbook, it says that I had no idea what I was going to do with my life because I had no idea. But who does? <laughs> right? Like I we're not who I was like, yeah. I had no idea who I was. Um, and the pressure was go to university, go to university. That is your only option. And thankfully for me, I loved university. I definitely struggled in the beginning, but I really came into my own and I'm so grateful for my education. I think it's really changed who I am as a person. But it's not for everyone. My sister, she went to university and she really struggled. She really struggled with the big class size, with kind of being anonymous. She just didn't go to class because she didn't think anyone cared and it didn't work for her. So while it worked for me, it did not work for her. And that is totally fine. But if we're, telling, if we're telling kids this is the only way. Yeah. And especially for me, too, like I made my own job. Like how incredible to live in a time right now where you can make your own job. Maybe you don't need to go to university. You can just make your own job. <laughs> That's right. But I think too, like in the pursuit and like, there's no fault in this. Like, I do think that we have some systemic problems that we need to fix. I don't want to be blaming anybody, but no. if you think about the way our school system works too, it's like, just if you think about those children, when they come into your class and they're so full of life and as they get older, you almost see that life kind of going away because if they don't yeah I talk great ten. right you know what I'm talking about right and if they yep. don't fit into a box they feel like they're broken totally if you fit into yeah. this box where people are telling you this is acceptable then usually you're you're okay but what about if you don't fit in that box what if like university doesn't yeah. seem like it's something that you want to do or maybe you want to become a blogger or maybe you want to do something that is outside of the mainstream. I'm doing air quotes. I just think we have to stop putting our children, ourselves in boxes yeah. so we can really tap into who we are and whatever we are, that's okay. Exactly. I, I honestly think, I know that uh, social media gets a bad rap for a lot of reasons and a lot of it I agree with too. But on the flip side of that, it is kind of brilliant in other ways because you can connect with people that you feel resonate with you all over the world. So whereas for us, when we were in junior high school, we only saw the kids who were in our classrooms. We only had experience with our parents and our parents' friends. And, um, you know, we, we didn't have access to information the same way that kids do now. And I think in some ways it is truly a blessing because maybe you don't jive with the kids in your class, but like online, you have this whole community that really brings life to you and you feel yes. really connected to them. Right. And I honestly feel that's what happened to me um, when I first started blogging and, 
you know, nobody around me was doing it. Nobody in my personal life understood what I was doing half the time. But because I could connect with people from all over the world. And at that time, it was a lot of people in Europe and in New York and in these bigger cities who were doing these really cool things. And I was like, I want to do that. And like, why couldn't I do that from Halifax? Like, I have a computer. I have a camera. I can wear cute outfits. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Right. And it actually inspired me to host an event. So I remember being on Twitter a thousand years ago and a bunch of uh, the bloggers that I followed in New York were attending these like blog fashion blogger conferences. And there was a bunch of girls and I who were all engaging on their content. And I was like, why don't we do this? Like, I've never met y'all in real life. Um, Y'all have websites. We have things that we can learn from each other. Like we should do this. And so there was four other girls and I who got together. We would have like wine and cheese and we like planned this event downtown and we called it the East Coast Fashion Bloggers Unleashed. And we brought a bunch of girls. There was girls from New Brunswick that came. And this was like, Oh my gosh, I can't even think what year it was. It has to be like seven, eight years ago, maybe something like that. Like when I was just starting and we really cultivated a community together and learned from each other. I learned so much from that event from girls about branding, how to work with brands that I owe my entire career to because if I hadn't learned those things or if I hadn't thought that those things were attainable for me, I probably wouldn't have done it. And um, so, yeah, all of that to say (laughs) that I know like the internet can feel stressful and it can like bog you down and, you know, maybe you take some time and you reassess who you're following and who you're engaging with. But if you work at it, you can find the people who you feel like you can connect to. And in my instance, it really gave me Um, the hope and the courage to kind of go for the things that I didn't really see in my reality, but I was seeing online and really kind of like pioneered in Halifax because there really wasn't anyone else doing it. It was just me and like a handful of other girls and not to like toot my own horn or anything because that's weird. No, toot your own. No, toot it, toot it. (laughs) (laughs) But it's crazy to me to think that I was part of it and kind of like started at the ground level uh, before anybody else. And now we have an entire community and nothing makes me more happy. Like seeing all of these other uh, influencers or people who are promoting Halifax because for the longest time it was just me. And I remember... I remember the day that I made the decision to be like, no, Halifax is great. I am going to like own everything that is accessible to us here because I remember I've been traveling a lot. I was like going to New York and Toronto and uh, Montreal and I was like putting them all on blast. And I remember a girl messaged me and was like, this is great, but like, I can't do that. So like, it really told me that that content was kind of making her feel kind of shitty that she couldn't do those things. And I made the decision that day. I was like, Oh, no more. That's amazing. Yeah. Like I am leaning into everything and that's what I did. And now there is like dozens and dozens of other influencers and people who have drones who are capturing content way better than I ever could. But like, how cool is that? That is so cool. And such a great point. And as you're saying all this, Really, that's the exact same thing that happened to me. I would not be where I am if I didn't 
surround myself with other people who were doing what I wanted to do. And yeah, at first you did, it wasn't even on your scope. You're like, okay, what there's, there's what <laughs> I can create this business and help people on a bigger magnitude. And then like us meeting, like me, I look up to you. I love what you've created. Um, you're so sweet. Oh, no, I mean it. Uh, and it's just, you know, you're, you're making an impact on the world. So it's like surrounding yourself with people who, who give you that hope, who makes you see it in yourself. And if our students can do that, and if, if we were teaching our students to do that, I just think it's such a game changer. And it won't be until they're in their thirties, like me, late thirties, um, where they're like, oh, wait a minute. Like I, there are other options for me when this one didn't work out, you know? Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that taking up space online kind of helps fill that gap. Obviously we can't control the school system and the systematic things. But I do think that when you decide to live on your purpose and fulfill your purpose, that you give other people permission to do the same. And whether that's in your personal life or like I thought about it the other day because I went to um, my uh, my nephew's hockey game and I was sitting with uh, his sister and I was talking to her mom about how there is like a billboard of me at the mall. And I was showing her the pictures that we'd taken the day before. And when I got home, I was like, I can't imagine having been a kid. And like my aunt was like on a billboard at the mall. Like I would have dropped dead. Like I would be deceased. But you're planting. Because a, I was obsessed with. Yeah, but you're planting a seed in her at a young age and showing her what's possible. Right. And I feel like. I loved fashion as a kid, like obsessed, but the only access that I had to fashion was through magazines. Certainly wasn't anybody that I knew. Yeah. So I think we're kind of like in this new frontier of what we're able to do. And so as much as things can be tricky in the school system and the government and all of those things, I still try to like, I always see, you know, the glass half full is just like who I am. Yes. Um, and I think, yeah, when you decide to do it, you give others permission. And I think when you think of it that way, you kind of let go of any sort of like selfishness that you thought before. Right. Because you're like, no, I agree. I'm going to do it. I can do it. I'm scared to death, but I'm going to do it anyway, because if I do this, then a handful of other people will probably do the same. And I also owe it to myself to try, you know, like you can only regret not trying. Yeah, absolutely. Really great advice. Amazing. Um, you Yay. said that <laughs> you said that when you um, started this networking with, um, you know, other Halifax bloggers, you learned about branding. I know some of our listeners are probably thinking, what is branding? And if they are in the uh, the business world, do you have any tips on how you can be true to your brand and really make yourself have that standout factor? Because you have that. Oh, you're so sweet. Um, so obviously it's kind of trial and error. I always say that you learn by doing. And so you learn by like participating in everything that's happening online. You see other content and you're like, oh. I resonate with that. Like I could use that idea in my context and apply it to what I'm doing. Um, I host workshops on branding. And the first thing that I always talk about is developing your mission statement. So when you have a social media account, you always should think about what is the purpose of this account? And it can't just be to make money. You can't just be to just have sales because people will see right through that. You can't be an infomercial 24 seven. 
Um, so discover what your mission statement is. Take some time to really identify, okay, what do I want to say? What do I want to achieve? What narrative do I want to contribute to? What are my areas of expertise that I feel like I can contribute to and why? Um, because you have to love it because it's super thankless in the beginning. Nobody gives a shit what you're doing So true. <laughs> in the beginning, right? <laughs> and so you really have to persevere. And if you don't like absolutely love it, you're going to get tired. And it's also just not going to feel authentic to you or your audience. So I would say first things first, mission statement always for every social media account, whether you're running your own social media account or you're doing it for a business, you're working with the business to have that conversation with them. What are your goals? What do you want to achieve? All of that. Then I would strongly suggest really focusing on storytelling. If you can make people feel like they're where you are or they want to be, or uh, there's some kind of like connection to you or the story, that's really what's important. We live in such a, you know, fake news situation in life and people are tired. You know, they don't want to be sold the same old surface level story. Uh, we want real things. We want real people. We love behind the scenes, kind of seeing how things work, especially if you do something really different or interesting. And maybe you don't think it's interesting because it's something that you do every day, but you don't know who you're inspiring. You don't know who's watching or who is going to be curious about what you're doing. And you really can kind of gauge by the interactions that you're getting. So if you post something and it didn't really do so good, then maybe you pivot a little bit and kind of work things like, oh, okay, maybe I didn't really do that thing the way that I thought it was supposed to come across. But it gets kind of addicting, right? Because when people are responding and engaging and you feel like they see you, like they get it, there's nothing better. I agree. And I think you hit the the nail on the head with, it can't be a monetary thing. It has to be something that you're passionate about. Um, and once you leave with your heart once again, and you just want to be service-based and make a difference. And I always uh, say like, if they solve a, solve a problem, like give people a solution, help them with something that they're struggling with yeah. and you can't go wrong. You yeah. can't go wrong. No. And I always say like, ask questions, ask your audience questions. So if you're creating a caption and you want answers or you want information, ask them, ask them how yeah. they feel about things. People love to give you their opinion. So, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so get ready because you're getting it. It's so true. And that brings me to another question because um, as you grow, as you scale, and as you reach a success as you are doing, how do you deal with maybe negative comments or keyboard warriors or people who are just in that trying to give an opinion when um, when maybe not even asked. Yeah, the unsolicited advice is yeah. like a thing, <laughs> or like concern trolling is what I like to call it, where people like think they're being nice, but they're just being super rude. Um, yeah, it's tricky. Uh, the thing is, is whenever your audience is growing, there's always going to be like a small percentage of people who just like don't get it. And I've kind of in the last year sort of come to terms with the fact that like I can work so so hard to try to express myself and feel like I'm doing it some people are just not going to see it right they're not going to see my heart always um and that's a reflection of where they are and like we were talking about before 
you kind of have to, you know, to send them love and light <laughs> and keep on trucking and really just trust your instincts. Um, you know, sometimes people say things and you're like, yeah, that's kind of true. Or that's an interesting perspective that I didn't think about. And so a lot of times it can be a growth for you that maybe you, you know, didn't really think about. Or for me, I really struggle. I like fully acknowledge that I struggle with being critiqued as a ah, human being. Okay. It is, it is a struggle for me. <laughs> and <laughs> um, and so that's what happens online mm-hmm. 24-7. And for me, when I start to feel I'm annoyed or I'm getting frustrated, that's a signal to me that I need a break. I need to check out. I need to take some time away from social media and really just, you know, spend time with people who love me. And like you talked about, spend time in nature and just like remind myself that I still am who I am, regardless of someone's opinion of me, especially if it's incorrect. Um, and some people like you could argue with them all day long. They're still going to feel the way that they feel. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. You just kind of have to like let yeah. it go. But yeah, usually I try to gauge it with myself where if I feel like I'm getting just a little, you know, like, I don't like how this feels, then I'm like, no, I need to step away. Like that's, that's a me problem. And the more you do it, the more <laughs> you realize. Uh, but also you can just have a conversation. I know a lot of girls who have really big accounts will put like a little disclaimer not asking for advice. I've made my decision. Thanks so much for supporting me or something like that, you know, because sometimes I am asking for feedback and I do like to have sort of a democratic situation with my audience. And I also need to appreciate that maybe it's tricky for my audience to know when I'm okay to be receiving critique, you know, like they're not mind readers. Right. That's a really good point. Yeah. Like they don't know that I'm having a shit day or my whole life is falling apart. behind the screen because they're seeing what they see. And so, mm-hmm. um, again, that's when I take a break, I step back or you could just say like, Hey, I appreciate your concern. I uh, made my decision, but this is where we're going kind of thing. Some really great advice. Wow. Because I feel that, um, and I help a lot of uh, small business owners in the business world, getting their ideas into the world. And that's always a common theme of, I don't want to put myself out there. They're nervous. Um, They don't want to say something incorrect where they're going to offend somebody. So it's really good to hear that advice. Um, And just those tidbits too. It's so important because you don't want it to stop you and your mission and your heart and getting your gifts out into the world. So it's learning to work with it, knowing it's appropriate for growth, when it's appropriate not to write or make those comments. Yeah. So it's setting boundaries, really, I guess. Boundaries 100%. And also just giving yourself permission to not feel like you have to respond right away. Uh-huh. So if you if you receive something that you're like, and then you get your backup about it, put your phone down because you'll probably calm down. You know, <laughs> us as a human species, naturally, when we're critiqued, criticized, we get defensive. It's just human nature. And I think because of the nature of being text-based, we read a text and we don't know the person's intention. We're automatically like boxing gloves are out, right? <laughs> yeah. Like that's just... It's just a reflex and you might say something that you regret. And as a business, it's really important to be careful about what you're saying, especially if it's in a text, people can screenshot it and put it all over the world to see. 
so I would always suggest take a beat, take a beat, put the phone down, talk to someone that you know that you can trust about the situation and how maybe you can better handle it. And in some cases, for me, if some things, I also just give myself permission that I don't have to respond. Yeah. Like, I, I actually don't owe you a response Ooh, um, in that. specific topics, right? Which is it's hard for, you know, the people pleasing Kale Short that I have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can totally relate. <laughs> Definitely. Yep. Um, yep. And another thing that I do with that, too, is because oftentimes when you read a comment, you are reacting from your perspective only. Because like you say, you yep. don't have tone, you don't have context. So yep. I intention. Will, Right. And I will also often ask, like my husband is very, um, very level headed. He can make me see different perspectives that maybe I can't see. So even just getting that other perspective of, okay, what side am I missing here? Totally. Because we can just take our own perspective and our own blinders and say, oh, this is exactly what they meant. But until someone can say, oh, Gina, maybe they didn't mean that. Maybe they meant this is like, ah, <laughs> you are right. Yeah. And just like acknowledging that we always know that our intentions are good, but not everyone will see that always. Or sometimes even when our intentions are good, we still make mistakes. You know, like we, we're all still learning. We're all still, still on our journeys. And my boyfriend is great for that too. He's, I always say he's a Libra. So he's always arguing the other side. Much to my frustration, but <laughs> it is Same. good. To just, it, draw, it draws me nuts, but it's good. <laughs> I, I know that I need it. So it's always good when you have those compasses in your life to sort of bounce ideas off of and just have a discussion. Um, and it never hurts when somebody sends you something or, you know, you kind of get your back up about something. Be like, thanks so much for bringing this to my attention. I'm going to take this on. I'll get back to you. Absolutely. So then it's not just like, I read it and I don't care about your feelings. It's like, I'm going to take this on. Yeah. This isn't something that I can like respond flippantly to. And so it just tells a person that like they've been heard, which I think is important. Yeah. And even like back to intention, sometimes even if you think your intention is right, sometimes the action is wrong. Totally. Right. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm learning. <laughs> like sometimes intention is not enough. And sometimes you might have an intention to do something, but because of lack of education or lack of understanding or lack of perspective, yep. just because you're leading with a good intention, that doesn't mean that your action was right. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And I think going back to your previous point about businesses being scared about saying the wrong thing, I think going into it thinking, I will probably say the wrong thing at some point. We're not all perfect. Um, and that's okay. Yeah. Um, as long as we acknowledge what happened and, you know, we do the work, um, it's okay. You know, we're not perfect. The things that go on up here and come out down here, not always, no. you know, work <laughs> out. You do a podcast, you know. Yep. <laughs> and as a society, we're learning and, and we should be. Yes. And you're going to learn through mistakes. So failure is part of it. Um, and I think once you sort of acknowledge that, brace for impact it's going to happen yeah um I think you're in a better place absolutely and then preparing and how you want to act out of it in integrity exactly yeah 
Wow. Well, you have given so many gold nuggets. I feel like I could talk to you forever, but we have to do the fun piece. Not that any of this wasn't fun, um, but I always end my podcast with a rapid fire question. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you a series of questions and you say the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. This could be dangerous, but we're doing it. It's all good. There's no judgment. And if you say something inappropriate, that's good too. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> okay, here we go. Who's your favorite Spice Girl? Um, Baby Spice. Actually, I won a Spice Girl competition once. Fun fact. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I have a medal. <laughs> I want to see that medal. <laughs> I need to find it. Um, nachos or tacos? Uh, tacos. A nickname that you used to have or you still have? Oh, I don't have nicknames. People, uh, short presents, I guess people call me that. I like it. Uh, who's your favorite Harry Potter character? Oh, I don't even know. Hermione. We'll do Hermione. She's cute. She is. Sunrise or sunset? Sunset. I, I don't want to wake up that early. <laughs> <laughs> or at least get out of bed. <laughs> no, I, I, I see I'm a morning person now. So I love my favorite thing is a sunrise and a sunset the same day. <laughs> Oh, yeah, get it. If I'm traveling, I'll do that. Yeah. yeah. What's your go to order at your favorite restaurant? Oh, OK. Um, we get a lot of sushi. So I always get spicy tuna and avocado roll and sweet potato and a spicy miso soup Ooh, every Friday. That sounds amazing. I love the sweet potato tempura. We tried to order sushi last night, but um, it was a 75 minute wait. So we, we didn't do it. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Yeah, way too long. What's your your go-to dance song if you needed to get a pump me up? What would it be? Okay, so funny because of your other question, Spice Girls. At every wedding, I request it and everybody dances. <laughs> because how can you not, right? <laughs> it's the best. Anything 90s. I love it. If you could win an Olympic medal for any sport, real or fake, what would it be? Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Um. Uh, I'm not very good at sports. I always say like I dance for a reason because I'm like a hot mass express. <laughs> I, it would have to be a fake one. Yeah. So like, could we do like TikTok videos yes. or like reels or something? <laughs> That'll be my sport. <laughs> I love it. Um, if you could change your name, what would it be? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, I've always like wished that I had like a sexy name because Kayla, like, I don't know how I feel about it, but it also suits me. So I feel like I need to stick with it. Um, if you could have one superpower, what would it be? Ooh, superpower, flying. Texting or talking? Uh, talking. Describe yourself in three words. Uh, funny, silly, happy. If you were stranded on a tropical island, you already had all the essentials and sunscreen, what two things would you have to bring with you? Does sunglasses count as an essential? Yeah, we'll have sunglasses there for you. Okay, sunglasses. <laughs> um, I would need music and I would need a camera. Ah, uh, what makes you angry? Oh, um, oh, so many things. Um, <laughs> uh, probably my boyfriend when he like does things around the house that are annoying. <laughs> That's the <laughs> like best. quirky things, you know? Yeah. What makes you happy? Happy. Uh, like anything, anything and everything, uh, dancing, cooking, going outside, all of those oh, things. Oh, cool. And what makes you laugh no matter what? Like if you're having a bad day, what makes you giggle? Uh, also my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs>
we're both very silly. So he always makes me laugh. Oh, funny. What's three things that you carry around in your purse? Um, my cell phone, money, and a mask. Of course, the mask, right? <laughs> you can't go anywhere without that. Trey's important to me these days. <laughs> I always have a selection <laughs> now. I only have two in my purse now. I need to get some new ones. Um, I have like a bag. I have a bag of masks in my bag. It's like a whole thing. You are prepared. <laughs> I like it. Um, celebrity crush. Who is it? Oh, Mahershala Ali. I love him. Oh, he's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> Would you rather climb a mountain or jump from a plane? Oh, um, climb a mountain. If you were really hungry, would you eat a bug? Uh, I don't know if I could. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't think I, think I would either. eat a leaf. I don't think I could do it. I, 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 I struggle with meat sometimes. So like a bug yeah. is just, oh. I'm not doing it. <laughs> I probably would die first. <laughs> would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? every language because I want to travel the entire world and I just love other languages I think it's amazing it's so beautiful isn't it so beautiful and so interesting I love it yeah languages for sure and this one's a little bit more serious but what is the best piece of advice you have ever gotten that you wish you knew earlier in life I had really good advice from an aunt that said that she basically was the saying that like, you don't have to explain yourself or you don't owe anyone an explanation. And that was a really big like turning point for me, for sure. Um, and I kind of like live by that. <laughs> Every I day absolutely now. love that. Yeah. So you don't owe anyone an explanation, especially in terms of like the decisions you make in your life or for your job or whoever, like you answer to yourself, essentially. Yes. And that's so important. Now I know where to find you because I follow you and think that you're amazing, but where can people um, who are listening find you and see what you're up to on the internet? So I'm at Shore Presents on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Shore Presents official on TikTok. It's a long story. Um, And then shorepresents.com. Do yourself a favor and go and follow Kayla. She's amazing. I'll put all of her details in the show notes. Go and check her out. She really is a breath of fresh air. And Kayla, before we go, do you have one last gold nugget that you would like to leave for our listeners? I would say whatever it is you want to do, just start. I think we can spend our whole lives thinking about the things that we're going to do, talking about the things that we're going to do. But if you start, you'll figure it out. Absolutely. That's freaking amazing. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has been so much fun. I could talk to you all day. (laughs) Likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And I hope everyone enjoys today's episode. Do you struggle with limiting thoughts yourself? Maybe you are experiencing the imposter syndrome where you don't believe in yourself and your business and your negative reel is really holding you back. If so, I have a free resource for you. Head to the show notes and click on the link to get it. I promise you it will help you and therefore will help your business as well. If you're new to the podcast, thank you for being here. And if you haven't left a five-star review, please do so. I would really, really appreciate it. And if you or someone you know would love to be a guest on the Keeping Real podcast, check out the show notes as well and let's get you on the show. Hope you have the best day and thanks for keeping it real.